Today, well, here's a clue. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us for a second visit to Wimbledon, the jewel in the crown of London's southwest suburbs. Wimbledon is probably most famous for its tennis tournament, which began in 1877. Until 1905, players were exclusively English, but then a 14-year-old American girl, Mae Sutton, was allowed an entry and at her first attempt won the ladies' singles. The men's singles, the men's doubles, the ladies' doubles, <laughs> and the meat raffle. During the war, Wimbledon's centre court was dug over as part of the Dig for Victory campaign, and groundsmen report that vegetables occasionally pop up even to this day. <laughs> a small turnip, which appeared on the baseline in 1998, was blamed for putting Tim Henman out of the quarterfinals <laughs> when it beat him three sets to life. <laughs> In 1985, Boris Becker created a record when he became the first unseeded player to win the men's title. Becker's last match was in 1999, when he was again unseeded. <laughs> this, this time by a Russian model in a broom cupboard. Wimbledon was the birthplace of Samuel Cunard of Shipping Line fame. Cunard left school at the age of 12 but could find no work. Finding an abandoned rowing boat on the Thames at Mortlake, he repaired it and began ferrying passengers across for a penny a time. With the cash, he bought more old rowing boats and patched them up, until after 17 years of tirelessly repairing and rowing 14 hours a day, Cunard's rich uncle died and left him a shipping line. <laughs> Well, now it's time to introduce the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Jeremy Hardy. And, and getting ready to check the team's points on the desk next to me, please welcome the ever-fragrant Samantha. Okay, we start with a roundabout words called Uxbridge English Dictionary. These days, many of us are guilty of bandying words we don't fully understand. In this age of international conflict, it's important for us all to appreciate the full meaning of other nations' terms if strife caused by cultural differences is to be overcome. For example, there's an important difference between jihad and intifada. As jihad refers specifically to a holy war undertaken through religious fervor against non-believers, whereas intifada is a chain of florists. <laughs> but the meanings of words are constantly shifting, and I'd like the teams to share with us any new definitions they may have spotted recently. Graham, you can start. Stifle. A lot of pigs. <laughs> Tim. AWOL, dyslexic owl. 
Barry. Lavi or Rose? Pink toilet. <laughs> it's there if you look for it. <laughs> Jeremy. Repository. Warehouse with delivery at the back. <laughs> Knacker's Yard. Enormous underpants. <laughs> Sandy. That's convenient. <laughs> Sandy. Bigger mist, more fog. Philly buster, clumsy vet. <laughs> Stockade, physioxo. Ram Raider, a vet we don't talk about. Palmistry, not knowing who your dad is. Collier, like a collie, but even more so. <laughs> and on the, the same lines, Tadpole, ever so slightly Polish. <laughs> Defunct, to have one's sense of rhythm removed. Definite street slang for hard of hearing. The teams are going to display their acting skills now in the game called Sound Charades. This is based on the erstwhile TV favourite Give Us a Clue, in which teams mimed titles of films or books against a strict time limit. In the original, the teams weren't allowed to speak and the audience couldn't have been happier. Our version is exactly the same, <laughs> until the teams start to speak. The grand mime master who gave us a clue was Lionel Blair, but since the, since the show ended, he's confined to the occasional pantomime appearance, and they say he's becoming difficult to work with due to his mood swings. In this year's Snow White, they said one minute Lionel could be feeling happy. <laughs> And the next he'd come all over grumpy. <laughs> Tim and Jeremy, you're to start, please. Tim and Jeremy, you're to start, please, and your title will shortly be displayed to the audience via the laser display screen. For listeners at home, here's the mystery voice. Puss in boots. Puss in boots. Right, you're guessing this one, Barry and Graham. And off you go, Tim and Jeremy. Um, it's three words. Yeah. And it's sort of story and entertainment, generally. Story, kind of, panto, yeah. play. Lots type. of fun. Yeah, OK. Three words. That's uh, one packet of Rennies, uh, paracetamol, your, <laughs> your throat lozenges. Um, anything at all for the weekend? Meow. Yeah. Yeah, I've got this. Yeah, the chemist is obviously uh, Timothy oh. White's and Taylor's. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Puss. In, um... In Boots. Yeah. Oh. 
All right, your turn, Barry and Graham. Your title is now being exhibited on the laser display board, and here again is the mystery voice for listeners at home. The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep. This is a book. And a film. And a film. And And it's it's, uh, three words. Three words. Three words. Yes. Well, here we are at the ballet. Yes, I love it when the orchestra strikes up. Ballerina makes her entrance. Curtain rises, yes. She's closely followed by... Good God, what is that? (laughs) See, look at the state of it. He, he, He can't dance like that. No. Oh, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne's let himself go, hasn't he? Wayne, I thought it was Pavarotti. Know, well, he's, he's really filled out those tights. <laughs> Too many cream puffs. <laughs> Is that what they are? Yes, you know. Well, you know what they'll be calling him now, don't you? Yes. Fat ballet um, saving privates oh, in nylons. Oh. <laughs> Cord of ballet fat. Cord. Uh, uh, We're nowhere near it. Uh, all quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> who, who, who do you think we were talking about? Uh, the, but the fat dancers. Yes, fat. but a dancer. Wayne. Sleep with. <laughs> with the enemy. What state was he what in? What state was he in? Fat. She, yes. Wait, fat, fat Wayne Kerr. <laughs> uh, oh, the, f- big... the long sleep, the fat sleep. Oh, yeah. come on. The, the big sleep. Yeah! Oh. Is, it, is it the Maltese Falcon? <laughs> uh, what state do we at? Persistent vegetative. (laughs) We're going to try another round, so here's a further title going up on the laser display board for you, Tim and Jeremy. And here's the mystery voice for listeners at home. A Midsummer Night's Dream. A Midsummer Night's Dream. Four words. And it's a play. And it's a play and other things, but mainly a play. Mainly a play. Okay, here we go. I dub thee... Sir John Nettles. <laughs> For services to detective dramas involving ridiculous amounts of murders <laughs> in idyllic rural communities. Communities, 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 communities. <sighs> oh no, I've woken up to find that none of it ever happened. No, I'm sorry, it's too easy. It's Bergerac. Yeah. <laughs> or... It's a dream of some sort. Dream of some sort. And he's being knighted. Yes, yes. And John Nettles appears in Midsummer Murders. Yes, yes. So it must be... Is it I could murder a bottom? <laughs> <laughs> Is it... It's a Midsummer Night's Dream. 
Okay, a final title is being displayed for you, Barry and Graham, and here once more is a mystery voice for listeners at home. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. It's one word. One word. Television. Television. Holmes. Holmes. Where are you, Watson? Uh, Here. What? Oh, yes, 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 there you are. Damn it, I hate when these gas streetlights go out. Yes. Especially in a London pea super fog such as tonight's. Yes. Just the very night we're testing out these new blindfolds. I know. I can't see a thing. Who said that? I did, Watson. Now, let's find out where we are. Uh, Get on my shoulders, Watson. Right, old friend. Now, what do I do? What do I do now, Holmes? Now, I can't hear you, Watson. Uh, You'll have to ease your grip. (laughs) What? Loosen your thighs. Oh, right. Right. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Was that you, Watson? Sorry, Holmes, it's the excitement. Well, yeah. <laughs> now then, now listen carefully, Watson. Yep. Feel along this wall and you should find a metal plate. Ah, I've got it. you got it? Yes. Now yeah. there are letters on it. Ah. I can make them out with my fingers. What do they say? B-A-K-E-R. Splendid. A baker's shop. <laughs> How do you know, Holmes? I can smell the freshly baked bread. Well, let's pop in for a couple of bats. Yes. Well done, Watson. Once again, your fingers have pulled it off. (laughs) One Uh, word. One One word. word To sum that up. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. Um, Baker uh, Baskerville, no, uh, no. What did uh, Watson discover to street uh, sign? Yes. <laughs> and how did he discover it? By feeling it. Ah. Over to you, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, uh, we don't know. How would you describe what had happened? Um. Well, Never-ending? Yes. <laughs> Feeling a sign. Feel... Oh, don't. Well, um, no. What has he told... Colin's just got it. My God, we're back. <laughs> uh, feel sign. What is it, Carl? Think the other way around. Think America. Seinfeld. 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 I was just wondering how difficult it would be to construct a glider. (laughs) (laughs) Our next game is a tribute to the TV series called Dragon's Den, in which hopeful inventors and entrepreneurs present their ideas to a panel of potential investors. The show provides top-class entertainment, making venture capital investment interesting to the layman through the winning combination of ritual, humiliation, and verbal abuse. (laughs) Actually, it seems a lot of TV relies on people being abusive to each other these days. Big Brother is virtually nothing else, and those inmates don't even know the derivation of the term Big Brother. They think Orwell is a big, green, furry duck. (laughs) 
ignorant fools. He's actually turquoise. Okay, each team will take turns to be the dragons while the other side presents their business opportunity and attempt to gain financial support for it. Tim and Jeremy, you're our first entrepreneurs and Graham Barron, what is, Graham Barry and I will be the dragons. Oh, no, that means you. Mm. <laughs> and us as well. My big moment has come. I've always wanted to join in the fun. Tim and Jeremy, would you care to enter the Dragon's Den and start your pitch now, please? Right, well, these days, of course, a lot of people are, are wanting to, you know, look ten years younger. So uh, what we've come up with is, um, is an instant uh, cosmetic... Uh, automatic, automatic cosmetic, cosmetic surgery. surgery machine. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, Baz, if you'd like to step forward... I yeah. will. Yes, um, here I come. Yes. Obviously, I, I'm stepping forward, listeners. OK. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Yeah. Oh! There you go. Lovely big pair of breasts you've got now. <laughs> you put them on the back to make you fun to dance with. <laughs> Have you got a mirror? I'm feeling rather fruity. <laughs> or alternatively, how about this? That's a penis extension. <laughs> Well, if you give me give me 150 percent of that, I'm in. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and you will be. <laughs> I don't see the point of it. <laughs> it's in the next room. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you what what you've come up with? Say goodbye to packaging misery. Yeah. Carry on, Graham. Yeah, we all have trouble opening things like milk cartons and the Sunday supplements and a pound of cheese and uh, uh, CDs in particular in their little cellophane wrappings. Oh, Here, yeah. Here's yeah. one. Yeah. Here's a CD. You just try taking the wrapping off that and opening the... the there you are. You oh. Can't. Oh. No, you can't. Oh, do. I can't do it. Can't no. do it. No. No. Whereas if you had our universal package opener, which can open any package, it would make short work of that, even that CD case. Really? Uh, wow. Well, let's demonstrate here. We'll put it to work, uh, starting off with the, uh, the scissor blades. That's it, that's it. And, uh, and that brings in the second, uh, second implement. We... Oh, and, uh, oops, Barry got a bit too close to it. And, uh, no, it's, uh, we're still I must not speak to you there. about the earlier product. <laughs> Go on, Baz, give her the next one. Next phase up, yes, that's it. And then, well, little pet woodpecker we got there, and uh... outboard motor. Yes, no, no. <laughs> well-equipped woodpecker. And if all else, if all else fails, um, the the rats. Uh, you get to work. They come with it. Nibbling away, and before you know it, it's open. There we are. <laughs> Can it open anything, anything at all? Absolutely yes. opens anything, yes. You could open a fate with it. Could you? <laughs> could you could open you, Barry's wallet? <laughs> well, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm out. And you've no idea what a relief it is after all these years. <laughs> 
The next round is all about the language of love. Luckily, we have a couple of experts in the field. Jeremy has often been described as a hopeless romantic, <laughs> which surprises no one. <laughs> and Tim was telling us that after 35 years of marriage, his wife says she doesn't regret a single day with him. That day was January the... <laughs> That day was January the 12th, 1978. <laughs> okay, teams, as we're in Wimbledon, I'd like your suggestions, please, of chat-up lines that might suit tennis players. And, Barry, you can start. Oh, you'll get my juices going. <laughs> Have I got new balls for you? <laughs> I, uh, I don't like to boast, but I'm a top seed. <laughs> I'm thinking of entering you for the mixed doubles. <laughs> What are you like on grass? <laughs> during, uh, during your service, do you grunt? <laughs> Go on, let me. Ah. You can nibble a banana when we change ends. say I'd rather play with you than Roger Federer. <laughs> Could you help me find the member's entrance? <laughs> I'll tell you something interesting about Tim Henman if you have sex with me. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> It's music time again with, <laughs> with Swanny Kazoo. This is the game in which the teams perform instrumental duets combining the emollient <coughs> lilt of the Swanny whistle with the buzzing rasp of the kazoo. These days considered a natural combination. This was once thought to be the most inappropriate pairing of terms since Dr. Spooner tried to greet Victoria Regina. Piano accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell. Listeners may be interested to learn that Colin has recently published his Play in a Day Piano Tutor. Yes, if complete beginners were to spend a day practicing, they could play almost like Colin. <laughs> or if they didn't bother at all, exactly like him. <laughs> Tim and Jeremy, you can start, and I'd like you to provide us with the rendition of Titwillow, featuring Jeremy Hardy on the kazoo and Tim Brooke-Taylor at the Swanee Whistle. Okay, you now, Barry and Graham, and I'd like you to provide us with a rendition of A Policeman's Lot is Not a Happy One to feature Barry Cryer on the kazoo and Graham Garden on the Swanee Whistle. 
I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to fit in a round of the IT Film Club. Samantha has to nip out now as she's meeting her new gentleman friend who's having trouble with his computer. Samantha is something of an IT expert, and she says she's looking forward to repairing his desktop, preventing it crashing and going down on him every couple of hours. <laughs> So while she's away enjoying that, I'd like the teams to suggest titles of films likely to appeal to an audience of computer operators and programmers and other IT experts. You can start this one, Jeremy. IT's a wonderful life. <laughs> Confessions of a windows cleaner. Fatal attachment. The glitches of Eastwick. <laughs> IT's a mad, 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 mad one. The pit and the pentium. Crash. <laughs> IT came from outer space. <laughs> the nutty processor. <clears throat> IT happened one night. <laughs> The remains of the data. The IT alien job. <laughs> Yahoo's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Gone with the Windows, starring Clark Cable and Vivian Leed. The Quirty Nine Steps. AOL Razor. Bring me the web of Alfredo <laughs> Garcia. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's the end of the show, and indeed the end of this series. Oh. And what a marvellous time I've had <laughs> reading that previous sentence. <laughs> We'll, we'll be back again in the autumn, but until then, from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk here in Wimbledon, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Jeremy Hardy, and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. And as Hump said, he and the teams will be back for another series in the autumn.